0: Hello and welcome to the River and Panhandle's weekly podcast. We are so excited that you are tuning in for this week's message. Before we get started, there are a few things that we would love for you to do. Share it, subscribe, and rate the podcast. So the message is about to begin. We hope that you are encouraged and that you always remember No role is insignificant. Every life matters, and go out and make a difference.
1: heart from the beginning, the first Sunday as your pastor, I stood up here and I said, I want us not to just be a church that prays. I want us to be a praying church, meaning it's our first line of defense. We don't just do it as a part of a worship service. We pray because we believe God answers and heals. I want us to be a church that is so convinced of this that it's the first step we take and not the last step when everything seems to be falling apart. That's what prayer is all about. And it's why it's one of our core values. The core value of prayer means it lives in our hearts. Are you with me? Can we be that kind of people? Look, I don't care what kind of songs we sing. I don't care what, our, what color our building or our carpets are. I don't care exactly you know, what kind of programs we do. I don't care where we take kids to camp. I don't particularly care. I do. I care about all those things. But I'll tell you what I care about. I care about us together as the body of Christ, seeking the heart of God together and letting Him take care of all the other details in our lives. That's Matthew six thirty three. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. Does that make sense? And then it's why we hire people who are competent to do their jobs. It's why we hire pastors who have an idea of what it means to help people take a step closer to Jesus. It's why we plan events, nights of worship, prayer and worship services and Wednesday nights. It's why Ann Metcalf and her awesome team, it's why they make uh, Mexican
2: stack-ups.
1: It's just a vehicle to get kids into this place to hear the gospel so that it can change their lives. This is why we exist, right? And so you and I have a massive privilege and responsibility to be on our knees, praying that every time people enter this place, they're hearing the gospel life-changing, life-saving word of Jesus Christ. It's why you should pray for our worship team as we prepare to go into worship together. It's why you pray for me, that God would speak truth into me, that we could then hear from Him. It's why we pray for those people down the hall right now, holding babies, loving on them, caring for them, showing the love of Jesus to them. We pray, we pray, we pray, we pray, we pray, or we've got nothing else to give. Is that fair? It's a core value. It's essential for us. It's the heart of what we do. Prayer is the presence of God. When we pray, we are in communion, in community, in fellowship, in the very presence of God Almighty. When we pray, it is us spending time with this Holy Father that we're singing about. You don't have to get your heart right. You don't have to find the right words. You don't have to be in a good place. Prayer is the presence of God. And so watch this. When David said in Psalm 27:4, one thing I ask, if I could ask anything, one thing I ask, all the days of my life, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Guess what? David wasn't saying, I want to go to church all day, every day. He was saying, I want to be in the presence of my heavenly Father all day long. So we don't pray, watch this, we don't pray for understanding of God. We don't need God to answer our prayers. That's not the purpose or the goal of prayer. The purpose, the goal of prayer is not even to get a response from God. You know what the purpose and the goal of prayer is? It's to know God. I cannot have a relationship with my wife without us sitting and talking and spending time and knowing the hurts and the deep wants and the longings and the fears and the frustrations. And we can't know each other without walking through all those things. This is exactly what God wants for you. He wants to hear it all. There's nothing off limits in the presence of God. Why? Because he knows your heart anyway. He knows everything about you. And so prayer is us in the presence of God, laying it all out before him. And he does, in fact, respond. And he does, in fact, help us to understand him. And he does, in fact, hear you. But the purpose is just holy communication with the heavenly father. That's what prayer is. That's it. So, there's not a big magic formula. There's not a bunch of words that make God happier than others. You're not, you're not supposed to pray prayers that you think tickle and touch the ears and the heart of God. You just pray what's on your heart and let God turn those into something bigger and better and more profound and more beautiful. You don't have the vocabulary to please God, but He does. God's got his own vocabulary. It's far beyond what we have to say to him. And so while there's not a formula, Jesus set this beautiful pattern or this example of prayer for us in Matthew 6 when he said, this is how you should pray.
2: Our Father in heaven,
1: hallowed be your name or holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Meet our needs, God. And forgive us our debt or our sin as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. That's it. That's the example of prayer Jesus gave us in Matthew 6. It's not elaborate. It's not altogether wordy or articulate. It's not beyond our scope. It's just, God, you are worthy. I am not. Help us meet our needs and lead us where you want us to go. That's it. That's prayer.
2: And so now we're all out of excuses for
1: why we do or don't pray. It's so simple. Just call on the name of the Lord. But I do want to share a little bit of a a help for how we pray using just the word pray. Pray. And I want to walk us through Psalm 65 this morning. Here's what I believe Jesus' prayer teaches us. And here's what Psalm 65 teaches us about prayer. We praise the name of God. We return to Him. We ask God for what we think we need or what others need. And we yield our lives to Him. Praise, return, ask, yield. Can we do that? Psalm 65, if you'll turn there with me. We're going to start in verse one, verses one through four this morning. Psalm 65, one, praise is due to you, O God, in Zion, and to you shall vows be performed. It starts here. Praise to you. O God, in Zion. Jesus said, hallowed be your name in heaven. O God, O Father, who is in heaven, praise to you. Holy are you. Hallowed is your name. We praise God. Why? Because he is completely and entirely worthy of all of it. We don't have to come up with some special reason why God is worthy of our praise. He is worthy of our praise. And when we praise God, what it literally means is we take ourselves, we put ourselves here and we take God in our lives and we exalt him here. And then we have nowhere to look but up. And when we look up at God and we remember who he is and what he's done, we praise him. That's what it means to praise God. It means that we empty ourselves of all the things we think matter most about us and we begin to see what matters most about him for us. To praise him means that I need him. I need everything he is and all that he's done. That should always be the first step toward the father. How many of you do this? I know I'm not the only guilty one in the room. But I find myself at times, when I start to pray, I go, "Oh God, w- will you just... will you just meet this need?"
2: You ever started prayers like that? God, I confess I am filthy." You ever started a prayer like that? You probably should have, right? Our prayer
1: should always start with, God, you are. (laughs) God, your name is above all names. I've shared with you guys before. Sometimes I'll drive out these county roads and I'll park, especially out by the airport. I like over there or by the cemetery, and I go and there's a corner over there, and I man, I can just look and I see and I like shot video of the snow falling on the field the other day, and it was weirdly beautiful and right and but then I see like the sunset or sunrise over there, and I, you just can't help but see God in creation. God, you are. And so I might drive out there because I've got something specific I want to ask or talk to God about. But it almost always starts with God, you did this. (laughs) God, I am small. You are great. Praise you, Father. Your name, you are worthy. You are good. Lifted high, majesty to you. Worthy, holy, holy, holy. That's it. Praise him for who he is and what he's done. Just praise him for all that he's done. Praise takes us on a long and dangerous journey. You ready for this? Praise takes us on this long, difficult journey from our head to our heart. This is a long, long way, and it's difficult and it's scary when you let go of this and you can put this at his feet and give him what he deserves. That's when we've begun to praise him. When I let go of what I think I know or what I think I need or what I think others need or what I think you need in your life, when I let go of that and say, God, not my will, but your will why because you know all things you are all things you have done all things you have always done it you are doing it now you always will you are immutable you're perfect you're forever you're eternal you are god and i am not praise you that's a long road from the heart from the head to the heart when we pray our praises, we remember who he is. Then when we pray, praise is due to you, O God in Zion, and you shall vow and to you shall vows be performed. When my heart is open to who he is, then I can begin to make my promises. Then God knows then my heart is almost ready to make promises that I cannot keep in my head, but my heart can keep because of what Jesus has done here. You with me? Then what happens? Then, Romans 12, 1 and 2, when I present my body, my life to God as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable, my spiritual act of worship, praising him, then I'm ready to not be conformed by the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of my mind. I cannot do this. Only he can do this.
2: You with me? This is why when C.S. Lewis said, Aim at heaven, and you'll get the earth thrown in. Aim at earth, and you get neither. You see that?
1: I praise God. I yield my life to, I want him. I acknowledge him for who he is. He does a work here. Then it moves to my mind. Now my mind is prepared to do what God has asked me to do. Praise you, Father. That's where we start. With me? but there's something in the way of that for us and it's called sin. We deal with this flesh day in and day out that keeps us from becoming and understanding and seeing God, calling him who he is. Our flesh keeps us from becoming who he wants us to be. Our sin stops us. It's a barrier for us. And so we praise, P, praise, and then the next step is we return, but look at verse 2, uh, 2 and 3, Psalm 65, 2 and 3. Oh, you who hear prayer, praise you, praise you, God, you hear, you look beyond my fault to my need, praise you, you are worthy. Oh, you who hear prayer, to you shall all flesh come. All of us, every part of us, our mind, our heart, our flesh, our bodies, all of it is going to return to God. Why? Because he made us in his image and he will make all things right. All flesh will come, verse 3, when iniquities prevail against me, you atone for our transgressions. Jesus Christ did the work for us on the cross. We can't do it ourselves. We can't fix or heal ourselves. We can't make our sins right with God. Only Jesus could do that. And so we praise him for who he is, and we return to him because of what he has done. We return back to God because of what he has done for us. Have you ever been lost, been out in the middle of nowhere, not exactly knowing where you are going or where you should be? Have you ever been lost? I mean, have you ever been genuinely lost?
2: And then you find yourself, I don't know where to turn.
1: I don't even know if I should turn. I don't know what's around that next corner. I don't exactly know where I'm going. If you've ever been on a hike and been uh, been separated or gotten off the trail, you don't exactly know where you're going. It's a scary, scary place to be. And look, let's be honest. If you're ever driving in downtown or a city you don't know, I mean, it's a scary, scary place to be unless you have Google Maps, right? But if you don't know exactly where you're going
2: I feel this when I'm in the mall.
1: Like, I don't know. I don't know where to go. Something supernatural happens in my wife. Where she doesn't exactly know directions or where or which way's north or which way's west, but when we get into a mall, something supernatural happens in her. She's like, "Oh yeah, it's over here." What? And I get super confused. I'm like, no, I think it's around this. She's like, just trust me. Okay. And then we end up where we're supposed to be. <clears throat> God the Father knows exactly where he wants you to be. And God the Father wants you to be where he is. There's not a destination or a place or, a, or an arrival or, or a position on the map where God wants you to be. God wants you to be where he is. And so praise return means that we just reach our hand out to God. God, you show me the way. God, I need you to help me become the person you want me to be. God, I need to be where you are. And I don't know how to get there. And God says, will you Trust me, just listen to me. This is what happens supernaturally in us when we pray. God knows the direction for our life. He planned it for us in his heart. A man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. He's just saying, reach your hand out and take mine. I'll show you the way. And this involves confession of sin for sure because the barrier, the thing that keeps me from being able to get back to the heart of God is my own flesh. But when I surrender that to God, all flesh will come to him. He takes me back regardless of what I've done. This is what makes him a God of grace. (laughs) He takes us back every single time. The other word here, other R word is repentance. We have to repent of our sin. But watch this repentance isn't you having a power or an ability to reverse your course. Repentance is just turning back to God. The reason you're obsessed and bogged down and you're stuck. In your sin is because you let go of the hand of God and you tried to find your own way. You tried to do and find your pleasure in something other than God. And God is always, always, always that safe, gentle, calming, strong hand saying, I will get you back to the place you need to be. You're a prodigal, lost in your sin, but God runs to us with devotion and compassion and complete mercy and says, welcome home, return to God. That's the second step on our way to God. When when we are lost without God, here's what happens. We find ourselves in loneliness, and fear, and doubt, and watch this, self-preservation.
2: And you can't fix it. You can't make it right. I've learned can't is the way to say that, right? It's not can't, it's can't. You can't make it right. But God can.
1: Why? because he's not about self-preservation. He's about self-protection. He is about protecting you from yourself because he knows the way, he is the way, he is the right place. He's where he wants you to be. He, in his presence, that's where he wants you. You can't fix it, but he not only can, he will fix your life. He will make you right. And he did it in the person of Jesus Christ. And that's why he says, come to me, all who are weary. Take my yoke upon you. Learn
2: from me. Jesus
1: is the one that makes a way for us to God. So we return to him. And so we praise him. We confess. We return to him. Why? So that we can do the next step. Look at verse four, uh, Psalm 65 4, the first part of that verse. Blessed is the one you choose and bring near to dwell in your courts. What happens in a court? What happens in a court is a petition. And if you ever want to be before the judge to petition your case, you have to p- make a petition to go to see the judge, to stand in front of a judge and let him rule, let her rule. But in our case, being subjects of a holy God who saved us by grace, our petition is simply, God, hears my life. I praise you. I've returned to you. Sin is out of the way. Here's what I need. (laughs) Here's what we need. When we have praised him and returned to him, now we are free to ask of him. Now we are free to petition God for the things we think, the things that we think we need in our lives. That's why Jesus said if you ask anything in my name, it will be given to you. Jeremiah 29 says, when you call on him, he will come to you and answer you. Verse 13, when you seek me, you will find me. When you seek me with all your heart. What does it mean to ask anything in his name? It means I am petitioning the judge. Jesus, will you blank? In my name means I'm calling on Jesus to do this thing for my friend, for my family, for my church, for my city, for my school, for the people that I care about. Jesus will you, and Jesus will never, ever, ever deny himself. It's who he is. We ask God who gives freely, who gives generously. We ask him because we have praised Him, and we've returned to Him. Now we're ready to ask Him for the things we need in our lives. And when we pray, we pray believing God will. Do you believe it? Do you believe when you pray God will? Does it mean that God
2: will? <laughs> it
1: means that God will not deny Himself and he will have his way and do his will. And everything God does is for his glory and his good purpose, Philippians 2, 13. We pray believing, but also trusting that God will do exactly what he wants to do. Because as Job 42 says,
2: God's will cannot
1: be thwarted. He does what he wills. He does what he wants. Why? Because he is God. He is holy. He is here. We're down here. He knows what is best, not us. In Romans 8, when it says that God works for the good of those who are called, who love God, according to his purpose. When we are called according to his purpose, we know that he is good. We are not, and we accept whatever he will do. But God, in the name of Jesus, will you heal him? God, in the name of Jesus, will you save their marriage? God, in the name of Jesus, will you cover them? Will you meet their needs? God, in the name of Jesus, Will you help me know the truth and speak the truth with confidence and joy? We ask believing, but trusting that God will do what he will. What does that look like? Look at the last half of that verse. We're almost done here. Verse 4b, the second part, we shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house, the holiness of your temple. When I I am satisfied with who God is, it's because I have yielded my life to his way. Watch this. God will not do his works for you until he has first done his
2: work in you.
1: God wants to make your heart prepared for the things he wants to do for you. And sometimes that means complete dissatisfaction with this life because his way is better. This is why Jesus himself in the garden prayed, Father, not my will, but your will be done. What I want is to not have to endure this. That's my flesh. But to pray why yield means, God, I lay my life at your feet. Whatever you want for me, I accept that because it's better than what I had for myself. That's what it means to yield to God. So we praise, we return, we ask, and we yield. That's what it means for us as the body of Christ, to be the people of God, And my invitation to you this morning is twofold. I want to ask you this
2: morning, will you
1: simply ask God, God, will you help me be a prayer? God, will you help me be a person who seeks first the kingdom of God? I pray first. And then if you show me how to fix, we'll work on that but trust you to fix? The invitation this morning is, will you be a prayer?
2: The second part of the
1: invitation is very practical. This is very real. And I want you to join me, we as a people, to be praying very specifically, very intentionally. We are partnering with a few other churches in our community to do something very special for Panhandle. If you live in White Deer, Borger, Claude, wherever you live, Amarillo, wherever you live, if it's not in Panhandle, I want to ask you to join us in this as well. We want to pray specifically, intentionally for every child and teenager in our schools. We wanna pray for the faculty and the staff, the administration. We wanna pray a covering, and we are going to commit to stand in the gap in prayer for these people that are so vulnerable to the enemy. Can we do this together? Here's what what I'm gonna ask you to do. At each of the tables in the corners, There are these little sheets. Look, this is not a pledge card that you have to turn in, and I'm going to hold you accountable. And if you don't fulfill it, right, I'm going to pray curse on you. That's not what this is. I'm asking you to make a commitment to stand in the gap for these children, that we pray for them. You may already be praying. Awesome. Come fill out a piece of paper. Let us know. All I'm asking you for is your name your email, your phone number so that we can then connect you with a kid or a family of kids in our school. And we're going to pray for them all year long. Can we do this? Will you do this? This is big. This is significant. Let's stand in the gap for these kids. And then by God's grace, This is going to expand and we're going to pray for our kids in Deer Park or Borger or Amarillo or wherever God leads us. We will pray because we trust that God's going to see us through. Amen.
2: So I'm asking you
1: to go and do this right now. As we stand and worship together, I'm asking you to go commit to pray for these kids. Just let us know. You can fill this out and just leave it in the gray box at the table. All right? What a privilege. God, thank you for hearing us. God, help us. Help us to know and believe that you love us. You died for us. You care for us. You go for us. You have made a way for us. God, I just ask that you would put it in our hearts to be people of prayer, to be hungry for this, to want this and make a commitment to this, and that you would hear us and respond, and we would see you work. God, we love you. In the name of Jesus, we pray.
0: And that's this week's message. We hope that you are encouraged and inspired. If you would like to join our online campus and experience the service as it happens live, go follow us on Facebook or YouTube by searching The River in Panhandle, Texas. Have an amazing and blessed week.